Good morning, good morning. We're so glad you've joined us online um, for church this morning. Hopefully you've already been encouraged through the worship, and uh, now I get to dive in and bring you a word of encouragement from the Word of God. So, you know, we're, we're talking in this season about the universal need of the entire world right now that can be summed up in one word, hope. And during this Christmas season, that's only going to be amplified with people longing for, desiring to experience hope. And it's interesting because as you look back historically during the season of Jesus's birth, a lot of the feelings that were being felt back then are being felt today based on the history that is taking place all around us every single day. Now, the circumstances are different, but what it does to people's hearts is what's extremely similar because um, back in the day of Jesus' birth, the, Israel was under the oppression of Rome. They were occupied Rome. They were constantly under oppression. And so people were longing for better days. They were reminiscing and warming their hearts with stories of yesteryear and experiences that they used to have. And they were longing for what used to be. And God's people, the ones that God had given promise after promise after promise to, um, they hadn't heard from a prophet of God in over 400 years. So every day, imagine, generation after generation, generation, they hadn't heard from God. And so they're going about their daily activities day after day, and they're just waiting for a sign that God had not forgotten them, that God had not abandoned them. They're looking, they're longing for hope, but they had no clue that that hope would come in a hog trough and a little baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes in a hog trough. They had no clue. And so uh, today, you know, as we're going to talk a lot about hope, the world needs hope. You need hope. I need hope. We, we thrive. We, without hope, we can't live. And so we, uh, if you're a believer and you're watching this, we not just have the opportunity to give hope to the world, but we have the responsibility to share the hope of Jesus with the world. And so if you're watching this today, I'd love for you to take out the greatest evangelistic tool in the history of the world. Yes, I'm talking about your phone. And I'd love for you to share the link from this page that you're watching right now and just say, hey, I've got a message of hope. Why don't you tune in and join me? And so just, just do it right now. Like, I'll wait. Go, go ahead. Just take your phone out and like say, share, and then say, this is a message of hope. Hopefully this, this might encourage you. Tune in with me today, and uh, let's see if we can spread some hope around today. Woo! Okay, so we've shared hope with the world now, so you already did it. Like, you're doing the message already. This is awesome. This is great. So let's dive in here a little bit. So we're talking in this series about the road to hope. This is the second message. Last week, Pastor gave you an amazing message all about Joseph and how Joseph took the road to hope. Today, we're going to talk about the shepherds and how the shepherds took the road to hope. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Herod, and uh, Herod didn't take the road to hope, but we're going to learn some lessons from him as well. So what, what is this road to hope? See, the road to hope was never about a road to Bethlehem. It was never about a road to the birth of a baby. It was about a road to hope, to Jesus, to hope personified. Like God looked down out of heaven, and he said, you know what the world needs? The world needs hope. And he said, boom, and he burned Jesus into the world to bring hope and redemption and healing and peace and joy and love 
like we'd never known before. And so Jesus, the road to Jesus, it's never been a road to religion. Like if somebody tricked you into getting online and watching this right now, good news, I'm not going to give you any religious stuff. It's never been a road to church membership. Some of you watching this right now, you've never stepped foot inside the doors of Bethel Harvest Church, and we're totally cool with that. Um, we, we love the opportunity we get to serve you right now, but it's not a road to church membership. It is a road to Jesus. It is a road to hope. And so that is why we're talking about it right now. You know, I was reading this morning, and I'll read this verse to you. And I read a familiar verse. If, you're, if you've been in church and grown up in church, you've heard this. Uh, but it really hit me differently. And it's Matthew 9, 35 and 36. And it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Sounds like a whole lot of hope there, doesn't it? But then verse 36, this is what hit me. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And those two words, harassed and helpless, is what really hit me. Harassed. Uh, and I looked up the definition. It means to disturb or bother persistently, torment as with troubles or cares to pester. And, and helpless, uh, you know, I created my own definition because we all know what that is. They were unable to save themselves, powerless, a victim, facing circumstances that are overwhelming and beyond their control. They were hopeless, helpless. Can anybody relate to some of that, that you felt harassed pestered, disturbed constantly by circumstances. I just got off a phone call with a friend, and she was like, well, the kids are in school today. I don't know if they'll be in school tomorrow, but hey, like there's constantly just one thing after the other, like all these different things. And people are harassed right now in our world. And many of you can relate to that helpless feeling. Like you don't know what to do. This is like I, I'm doing what I, but I can't fix it. I don't know how to do this. and. I read that this morning, my heart just kind of broke. And uh, I thought about you because I know some of you are feeling that. You feel harassed and you feel helpless. And if I could give you anything today, it would be hope that you don't have to have all the answers, but you can lean into a God who does. You don't have to be able to fix it but you can lean into a God that when he went to the cross and he hung on the cross for you and for me, he said, it is finished because all the work that needed to be done to bring you and me hope, it was done at the cross. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And some of you have been waiting for some things that you need to stop waiting for. You've been waiting for some things to happen and some things to fall into place in order for you to have hope. And today, I'm going to give you a message that Hope is what can move you forward. Like, you don't have to wait anymore today. Today can be your day of hope. And we're going to learn this from the shepherds and how they responded, how they made a decision to take the road to hope. So Luke chapter 2, let's read this Christmas story to kind of set things up. It says, in the days of Caesar Augustus, uh, he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, 
because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to their firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, hog trough, and because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They weren't overjoyed, people. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Okay, so the angels show up, and they're not overjoyed. They're not filled with peace. They don't feel the love from God. They are terrified because the angels interrupted their ordinary, mundane life. The angels interrupted with this spectacular moment, and they didn't know what to do with it. And so instead of being excited, they were terrified. And I gotta, I gotta assume that many of us can relate to that, that we've been blinded by fear. Fear has blinded us from being able to take hold of hope. I mean, it was good news of great joy for all people. That's what was the message, but their fear could have blinded them. It could have paralyzed them from moving forward into hope. And you know what? I think some of us watching this today, um, some of you know what that's about. You know what it is to be paralyzed by fear. Some of you are so terrified and scared and overwhelmed that you're looking at all the stuff happening. You can't even see the hope that Jesus is offering you right now. You could be so caught up in the bills that got to be paid. You could be so caught up in uh, (laughs) some of you. This pandemic has exposed some blind spots blind spots in your marriage. Like you've had stuff going on in your house that you're like, oh my God, and things going on with your kids, right? Some of you, you thought going, coming into this that you you are strong in your faith. And man, I'm, I'm strong in my faith. I'm resilient spiritually. But this season has exposed some lack of trust in God in different areas of your life that you're like, man, I, I, I thought I was further along than that, right? Some of you, it's exposed some blind spots in your career. Some of you, it's exposed blind spots in your mental health. It's exposed some spots that like now, like you can get so caught up in dealing with that, that you're paralyzed by fear. Some of you are too scared of the political climate. Woo-hoo! I'm not going to talk about it, but some of you are freaked out over the political climate right now. What's going on? Don't worry, I've talked before. Don't get nervous. I've done this. Um, you're freaked out about it. And you're, some of you are scared about the virus, and rightly so. Hosting a funeral tomorrow. Here's somebody that passed away from the virus. Um, it kind of hits you different when it hits close to co- home. My mom found out this week that she had the virus. She's doing great. She's on the mend. Symptoms are just almost totally gone. But guys, it's real. And some of you are, it's real. We can face that reality without being overwhelmed by fear. I'm going to say that again, because some of you, that's the only thing you need to hear today. 
You can face the reality that this virus is real and still not be overwhelmed and paralyzed by fear because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and you can tap into that. That's a little side note. Some of you are overwhelmed by the economic impact, and I get it. It's real. Like, you've lost jobs. Your business has lost money. Um, some, some of you have gone to sleep hungry at night because you don't have enough money to put food on the table. And that's a real fear. Hey, side note, I just had to drop this in here because I'd already written that, and then I got an email today about stats for November for what our food bank did. Listen to this. Our food bank in November gave away 27,196 pounds of food. We gave away an estimated 22,663 meals, 433 boxes of food were distributed, and we served 1,406 people. Woo! Like, there's some people not going to bed hungry because of you, Bethel family, way to be awesome and amazing and serve our community and make a real difference. But back to this fear point, some people are so scared because if you don't know how you're going to eat or how you're going to put food in your child's mouth the next day, that can overwhelm you in fear. Fear can be a powerful motivator. We all know this, right? Fear can be an extremely powerful motivator. But fear is not greater than hope. Let me say it again. Fear is not greater than hope. And here is the amazing, this, this is the good news that brings great joy to all people, and you included right now. A heart flooded with hope has no room for fear. A heart flooded, overflowing with hope. It's got no room for fear. And so if you can shift your focus and say, you know what? I'm going to grab hold of what God gives me, and I'm going to put my focus on hope. Um, then everything changes. So let me give you three lessons that the, uh, not the disciples, the shepherds teach us about hope. Um, three lessons they teach us about hope. Because today can be the day that you surrender your greatest fear. That you tap into a hope, a God that is more powerful than your circumstances. And these three little lessons from the shepherds can help you do that. Lesson number one, don't wait for peace. Don't wait for peace. If we continue on in the story in Luke 2, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rest. How many want a little bit more peace? Just comment right now in the comments and write peace. You might need to add, put it in all caps and add some exclamation points because the world wants peace right now. But <laughs> when the historians chronicle 2020, the one word that I can guarantee with certainty, like I can't guarantee a whole lot, but I guarantee the world, the word they will use to describe 2020, it will not be peace. In fact, a lot of other words come up in my mind. Strife, turmoil, division, uh, racism, pain, suffering, loss, a battle, a fight. Like all these could be words to describe 2020, but peace, nope, not going to happen. But the good news that brings great joy is our peace is not dependent on our circumstances. See, um, it's dependent on one thing, and it was in that verse right there. It said, on earth, peace to those whom his, on whom his favor rests. Do you know why you can have peace and I can have peace that doesn't depend on our circumstances? It's because we have his favor. And favor, here's the definition. Favor means delight, pleasure, and satisfaction. See, God delights in you. He takes pleasure in you. He is satisfied with you 
child of God. He loves you, not because of anything you've done, not because of anything you haven't done that you've been so well behaved. He loves you because it's his character. He loves you. You don't have to wait on peace because you can have peace because his favor is on you because of his love. 1 John 3, 1 says, see the great love, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. See, regardless of circumstances. Guys, it's a crazy world we're living in right now, and there's not a whole lot that we can grab hold of with certainty. But I will tell you this, you can grab hold of with 100% certainty that the peace of God is available to you. Philippians 4.9, it says, the peace that surpasses our understanding, or my paraphrase is, the peace that just don't make sense. Like it don't even make sense when you look at your circumstances, but that's the kind of peace that God can give you. It's through favor. It's a free gift. It's unearned. It's unmerited. You can't even create it. It's a gift. And God, don't wait on peace another day. Choose to take peace today because you're going to trust in Jesus. You should just write, type right now, I choose peace. I choose peace. It's your choice. You get to choose what you're going to focus on, and you can focus on the peace of God, the gift of God. Lesson number two, don't wait to obey. Oh, man, the shepherds are good at this. Verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Everything was just the way the angel said it. They didn't say, did you see that, fellas? Like, they didn't say, what what just happened? They didn't say, like, have a Bible discussion. They didn't say, I can't believe what just happened. I got to go tell my wife and my kids about this. They didn't. What did they say? Angels, message from heaven, good news, great joy for all men. And the angels leave, and they, they look at each other and say, let's go. Like, I, well, I want to have that kind of heart. I want to be like the shepherds that when God says to do something, I say, all right, let's go. And not even let's go slow and ease into it. They hurried off to Bethlehem. They didn't ask, hey, well, what's the weather forecast? They didn't say, well, how far away is it? They just said, let's go and let's do it in a hurry because delayed obedience is disobedience. They didn't wait to obey. Now, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that if, if the angel showed up with this message and to some 21st century folk, we, we would, the angel would show up and the angel would go away and they'd be like, whoa, well, wasn't that something? Okay, let me see if I can... Let me see if I can squeeze in a trip to Bethlehem on my calendar. I think I might, you know what? Maybe we can just like zoom into it. Maybe we don't even have to go to Bethlehem or no. You know what? I, here's, we need, we need to pray about it. And if the Lord leads us, then we'll go to Bethlehem. Come on now. You all know I'm not, I'm not fooling around here. Like we see the hope of God, the hope that Jesus brings. It isn't a not yet hope. It's a right now hope. And it's crazy because we respond with immediacy to so many insignificant things, right? I mean, some of you, while you're watching this, you have clicked on ads that popped up in your feed or that story from someone that like, like you just had to look at now. I mean, we, we will click, we will click, we will follow, we will do so much 
so, respond to so much with immediacy. But when Jesus shows up and says, hey, I want you to be part of the story that I'm unfolding in the world to bring hope, to bring the thing that people need most, we're like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that right now. Not yet. Like, yeah, but maybe not yet. And guys, I wonder if right now God might be kind of poking on you a little bit and saying, hey, you remember that thing I asked you to do? I'm still waiting on you to obey. I'm still still waiting. Let, let me give you just some prompts here. What's the thing that God's waiting on you to obey? Is it a conversation that needs to happen? Is it forgiveness that needs to be given? A dream that needs to be pursued. Mm, some of you got some dreams you're waiting on God to drop it out of heaven, and he's saying, hey, faith without works is dead. Are you ready to go? Let's, let's go. But you're still waiting on God to do it instead of being willing to get in partnership with him. Uh, is the thing he's waiting on you to be obedient in, is there a sacrifice that needs to be made? Is there a gift that in you, a gift in you, there's greatness on the inside of you, a gift that needs to be given to the world, but you've been holding it back because you're scared or you're not ready? Is there a habit that you need to initiate? Do you need to read the word more? Do you need to pray more? Do you need to fast more? Do you just need to wake up in the morning so you stop wasting your days and you win the morning, you win the day? What needs to be happening in you? Is there maybe an excuse that needs to be abandoned? What is it that God is waiting on you to say, today I choose to obey? And I hope you're willing right now to type in the comments. Just type, I choose to obey. Don't do that just because I told you to. But if it's your declaration, your heart declaration that you will be obedient to God, that you will let go of your excuses, let go of everything that might be holding you back and say, today I choose to obey, type it in faith right now. Because this can be a turning point where you let go of all that and you move forward in hope. Those disciples or those shepherds could not take in the road to hope without choosing to obey. They couldn't have moved forward into that. Lesson number three. Don't wait to share. Don't wait to share. Verse 17, when they had seen him, this is Jesus lying in the manger, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds have this divine moment. They go, it's just like they said, and then they go and tell everybody else what happened. I mean, of course they did. I mean, angels, they tell them what's going to happen. They go, it's just like they said it was, and then they go around and they're like, let me tell you what happened. 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 Let me tell you what they said about the baby. Of course they're going to tell everybody this was monumental. They never experienced anything like it. And yet, you and I, I mean, the, the shepherds, they demonstrate what every believer should be doing. Because you and I, if you're a born-again believer, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been transformed by the love and the grace of Jesus. And it's time for you to share that. Like, why, why do we hold that in and not, I mean, come on, we share everything. 
You've forwarded 52 emails with people about this great deal that you heard about or that you purchased something. You, you've forwarded some gossip. You, you've, you've shared some of that. You've shared a lot of things, but have we shared the most important thing in our lives, the hope of the world, Jesus? We hold back so much, but we won't share that. And see, the shepherds in one day, in one moment, they recognized and they learned a lesson that many believers, they, they're, you're saved all your life and you haven't learned this yet. That Jesus really does change everything, everything in a moment. And we have the responsibility to share that with the world. I want to come back to the verse I opened with in Matthew 9. I'll reread a verse and then I want you to hear the rest of the story. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, my prayer today is that you and I, that we all stop waiting. By the way, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the perfect moment to share? Are we waiting to be ready? Are we waiting for it to be easy? Are we waiting to have all the perfect words? Listen, stop waiting and do what the shepherds did. Share it with everybody you possibly can. And share it from a place of love and share it from a place of compassion. And here's my question to you. Like, this is the Christmas season. Listen, that nobody is more open to a message of hope and grace and love than they are right now in this moment, in this season. And so I want to challenge you, who do you need to share with? What are their names? Like right now, pull out your phone or like go ahead and minimize the thing. Like write it down, type it into your phone. Who are the names? I want you to think of at least two names right now. Two names. Jesus, give them names. Jesus, give them the names. Show them the faces right now of the people they need to call and text and share the hope of Jesus with. And here's the thing. You've got two names now. You don't have to like preach a go the gospel to him. One, just walk in the fruit of the Spirit. That's a really good starting point. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit. But two, invite them to listen to this message. Invite them to join you next week um, and watch the service online. I mean, oh my goodness. Like, whereas before we'd be like, invite four people to church next Sunday. Listen, you can invite thousands. You can private message people and invite a mass of people to hear the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the same gospel that has changed you. So now I want, I'm going to pray for that in a moment, but here's my prayer right now. If you're here now and you've been waiting on peace and you thought you were disqualified from peace and you didn't think God could love you because you've screwed up so much and you've hurt so many people, if you've been waiting on peace or if you've known the gospel, but you have waited to obey it and you said, yeah, I know God, you're good, but not yet. Listen, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised to no man. Today is your moment. Let go of all that stuff. Stop waiting and choose peace. Choose hope. Receive the grace and the favor, the free gift of salvation from Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to type right now, type Jesus in the comments. Type Jesus in the comments, and that's you saying, yes, I'm ready to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And right now, I'm going to pray with you. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be made new. Today, I stop waiting.
And I choose salvation. I choose forgiveness. I choose to receive Jesus right now as my Lord and Savior. Today, I'm new. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, every name on your list, God, I pray that as they share an invitation to church next week, that their hearts are moved and stirred, that they would respond, that they'd log in, they'd tune in, they'd come in person so that they can hear a message of hope. We prayed in Jesus' name. We agree in Jesus' name. All those workers, you guys, go on out and get those people and bring them in to hear the love of Jesus. Hey, we're so glad you tuned in today. We love you. Merry Christmas, and go share the hope of the world.